trying to read back my notes now and I've just realised that getting my notes down as quickly as possible might not be the, uh, before I forget them, might not be the best option. <laughs> it's just all symbols. I don't, I, I can't, I can make out like the first few letters and then it's just like, what the fuck does that, it looks like Spanish or something. <laughs> and that would be really impressive because I don't know any other language. Um, cool. These bonus ones are a bit, a bit sleepier anyway. I've noticed just in editing in these ones we're usually a bit more like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I started this new notebook when we came up with the idea for the final draft and I've written my notes for each film ever since and nothing else. So I feel like this is just the final draft book and over the years I'm just going to look back and there's going to be the notes for every single film that we've ever reviewed. It's just a diary of a madman. Yeah. <laughs> Someone will find this buried in the sand. Like <laughs> <laughs> They seem to worship uh, some god called Saul Goodman. <laughs> oh, hang on. It I'm says here, Jimmy... G- Jimmy... McMuffin, something like that. Jimmy and McGill. Oh, let's see, for the listeners at home, that was a nice little segue we just did. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Final Draft, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm Alex, who, who is the other person... I, I do have a name, Alex. I'll just put that out there. Adam. I know you have a name. It's I'm segueing you in. I'm going, who? who's my guy? Ah, that's very smart. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all good, man. Don't worry. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Adam. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Yeah, that's right. We're doing... Finally doing Battle Call Saul. We finally got around to doing it. Um, did you watch any of it? Did you rewatch any of it? No, I'll just watch uh, some of the trailers for each season. <laughs> I don't either. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. We watched it recently, though. I think, um, as a lot of people are doing right now, uh, going back through the old box sets and the list of what I need to watch during lockdown. Uh, yeah. And for us, we started with Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah, we did, actually, yeah. And that obviously led to Better Call Saul. Um, we're going to recommend focus- anyone to watch Breaking Bad, the whole of it in five days. I, I, I would not recommend it. I thought you were just going to say you don't recommend Broken Bad. Like, oh, oh God, okay. no. This, no, no, no. this podcast took a different direction <laughs> than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, we've name-dropped Broken Bad a few times on the show, I think, actually. Um, do you want to... Mm. Because, obviously, this is a prequel sequel. Do you want to give kind of little thoughts on Breaking Bad, I suppose? Yeah, I guess that's a great place to start, to be honest. I mean, one of the main things that people say is that, you know, oh, this is like a, a spin-off to um, to Breaking Bad. And I think with the first few seasons, at least, I'm not getting into this straight away, but uh, the, the main argument that I see flourishing around is that it's quite hard to get into for the first two seasons. And I think that is mostly due to the fact that, in, myself included, use Breaking Bad as a as a way of comparing uh it to something. And yeah, it's it's definitely its own show. Uh Breaking Bad was it was some of the best TV I'd seen in a very, very long time. And it felt almost timeless because I'd watched the entire of it in like five days during the start of lockdown and yet still felt that I wasn't late to the game of it it felt still felt fresh and it still felt new and inventive but yeah i i think we both actually kind of turned to it at exactly the same time and yeah and thanks to you know it was it was for no reason other than the our, our closest friends around us who were like oh, you're gonna start a film podcast you haven't seen breaking bad uh as the argument goes and our interest to better call saul after seeing breaking bad was just very strong and um it took it did take me a while though to to commit to the idea of watching uh a spin-off of breaking bad that's indeed longer than uh, breaking bad ever was yeah breaking bad was one of those ones where i knew uh it was, it's just on the checklist of prestige tv shows that uh, you've got to check out um and it was in that era of 
which I don't, I don't know if we if we're out of it yet. Uh, this golden era of TV mm. uh, that you might hear people talking about every now and again, and it kind of refers to this kind of early boom in like the early two thousands, um, kind of like a second wave of TV shows really becoming mainstream like hits and uh, kind of having a lot of cultural sway again. Uh, stuff like uh, stuff HBO was coming out with. Uh, Game of Thrones, for example, stuff like that, like these big series that were current background. And I think you can attribute that kind of resurgence to the kind of update in technology, I think. I think like just stuff being uh, easier to distribute. You know, streaming was a big influence, especially on Breaking Bad. We we mentioned it in one of the other episodes, I think. But um, mm. the first kind of two seasons of Breaking Bad weren't really performing very well. But when Netflix bought it, um, that's when it became this huge global hit um and breaking bad is excellent like i resisted it as well and kind of my confession <laughs> about tv is that um i have i really didn't watch a lot of tv like prestige prestige television uh mm. until like recent couple years um because i was just kind of kind of bored of being <laughs> left out of the conversation uh and one of, kind of, one of the kind of first shows i Revisited was uh, Game of Thrones because like it had just finished and that was kind of what opened me up to um, this golden era of television that I think we're still in and it's interesting now with with TV stuff because there's just so much um, we talk about sometimes like with films it's overwhelming because there's so much there has never been yeah, more sure. films than there are right now <laughs> um, and it's true of TV shows as well and it's hard because everything is like particularly quite good i mean even the shows that are kind of lackluster seem to have massive um cult followings and breaking bad was definitely one of those shows i think it obviously like goes hand in hand with the idea that uh you know everyone's releasing their own streaming platforms and everything which means that there's kind of this weird current resurgence in like uh originals and uh tv Mm -hmm. shows that are kind of sewn into the exclusivity of these numerous amounts of platforms um and i guess it's a good thing right you know uh, i think I, I completely agree with you that i kind of went into this because i did feel left out in a lot of conversation to do with tv because they are arguably what people you know get more invested in in terms of media than films and especially when it comes to things like characters and that you know um yeah. these things you know, these things are huge and i'm I haven't even watched Breaking Bad, you know. Uh, sorry, <laughs> busted. I, I have. Oh no, <laughs> Game of Thrones. I meant. Uh, I haven't even watched that, and a lot of big TV. Very similar to you. I just, I just hadn't got into. Mm. Uh, so this felt kind of like a necessity, almost. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, and it's it. I think we were in agreement when we watched Breaking Bad that it was so nice that. It yeah. was such a such a brilliant show um, that ended so strongly as well. And when I had, when I knew that, because I already knew there was Better Call Saul. And yeah. When I spoke to people about Better Call Saul, uh, which I hadn't seen at that time, but people seemed so much more excited about it than Breaking Bad. Mm. And I think, and I, that kind of confused me because Breaking Bad seems so sound structurally. Like, how could you build upon that? Why would you want to expand that universe? Why would exactly. you want to go back to that world? But obviously, bringing Gay into Better Saul now, um, I think Better Saul is leaps and bounds better than Breaking Bad, in all honesty. <laughs> You're not and far it's, off. It's, uh, I think it does what a good prequel should do. I mean, I think in terms of like franchises, you know, we've, we've been really struggling with the idea of a prequel. Uh, Star Wars famously had their kind of prequel movies that generally weren't very beloved um and i think you can say that there's the idea of revisiting something and adding on to a story that people already love that is already a risk um and especially you know like i said with breaking bad where it's so um it just feels so sound structurally and in concept um but i think what better crystal does really well is it it takes everything that works about breaking bad um but a step further mm. a step further but also it's kind of a it's a uh 
it's a reinvention of Breaking Bad, I think. I think they kind of reverse engineered what made mm-hmm. Breaking Bad so good. Um, the writing and just the kind of overall tension. Because Breaking Bad is a story about one man's descent. And obviously, like, you might know how it ends because it's just been out for a while. But when it was out, you know, no one knew. Oh, by the way, full spoilers because, sorry. <laughs> um, but, no one, <laughs> but no one knew. I guess how how Walter White's journey was going to end, yeah. um, but Rebecca Saul, well, we know how where he ends up. We know he ends up as Saul Goodman. Um, I guess like the subversion almost starts from the first episode where you meet not Saul Goodman, but you meet Jimmy McGill and you see this guy's life um, beforehand, and there's a different um, dramatic weight uh, to the story because we we know where it's going. Um, we know that yeah. we know the path this man's on um, and the show is very aware of that and, and a less smart show would 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 not move the story in a way that had that sense of catharsis of inev- inevitability like a tragic inevitabil- inevitability it would try and make you think oh maybe it's going to go a different way but <laughs> Berk of Saul is very much about whereas Berk about is one man's descent it's about Battle Saul is more a man who can't help but descend, <laughs> I guess, in yeah. a way. Like, we know this guy is doomed. Um, well, like, the whole thing is is kind of like a um, a tragedy and or an, an exploration of the tragedy of all of its characters. Um, I was particularly worried as well when going into this show, I was like, what more could you possibly add to someone like Saul Goodman? And yeah. <laughs> they couldn't have probably chose they couldn't have chosen a better character to expand in a prequel it's weird, um, it is weird it's almost like it's a gem really it's uh yeah. i couldn't believe that what i was watching when i started this show was real because my whole kind of preconception uh, that i very arrogantly told myself and I think a lot of people have a very similar reaction because I, I am very open with the fact that I remember it was during lockdown. I was in my own, in in my flat. I was watching, you know, I was just, bin- I had nothing to do but just binge Breaking Bad because I was hooked. And the end of it came along. And I think, I'm not sure, I, didn't, I think you hadn't beaten me to it yet. Like I said earlier, I strongly don't suggest, you know, going through five seasons of a show in in five days it's not the healthiest uh healthiest thing to do but there i was finishing breaking bad and the ending for me was so perfectly done that it brought me to tears and it felt like the most rewarding experience in any show that i've ever seen and knowing that there was a whole other show was actually more of a um, more of a depressing thing than it was an exciting thing because I was like, surely it's just downhill from here. You know, they've made a whole show uh, that's a prequel to it, and it's based off of you know, as far as I was aware at the time, there was nothing to do with Breaking Bad. It was its own separate thing, and I was like, oh, you know, I I don't want to go on that journey again because I'm too afraid that it won't satisfy me in the same way. And it hasn't satisfied me in the same way. It's satisfied me in a completely different way because yeah. this show is completely different in terms of its core theme and the direction that it takes and the purpose of it. You were great in saying earlier about, you know, you follow a very specific journey with Walt and the characters around him where with Better Call Saul, the kind of the rotation of things that happen with this character are different and are different enough to award it its own show and prize it with unique attributes that are that feel very rewarding and uh, expertly done. I mean, make no make no mistake, it is definitely a Breaking Bad world like show. It's definitely yeah. in that same world. And the, my point was conceptually, it's not a complete contrast in tone and ideas. Yeah. Um, although this show is a bit more has a bit more levity and lightheartedness, whereas I think Breaking Bad is... Once you get to a certain point in the show, it's very dour and very much like, (laughs) oh, God, oh, God. Um, But, I mean, conceptually, like, the idea of, like, 
crime drama um you know it's still it is still that um i think battle soul is just more dynamic uh, like i said that the the balancing of tone is just a lot more um exciting it's part crime drama part comedy part <laughs> yeah. courtroom fr- courtroom drama part thriller like it's it's weird and, and we've spoken before about things that are that are doing a lot of different tones and how do you cohesively get that all together but there's something about mm. um the writing and the music and the acting and it just it, it, it all feels very cohesive and i i guess maybe this wouldn't obviously like this would be i mean i don't know maybe it'd be interesting to see it wouldn't be the same show but without breaking bad how does this stand on its own legs i think i think it would i think it's got enough unique qualities about it um to make it stand on its own for sure there'd obviously be different ways that they would have to go about bringing in certain characters but i have yeah i I agree I'd, i'd have absolutely no doubt that in the way that the show was structured and written that they'd have no problem with doing this first and then creating breaking bad after and i don't think it's worth really questioning like you know would it be better or worse if that happened it just i'd much rather focus on (laughs) the fact that because it is done this way why i think it works and i think uh, i did bring up in a previous episode about shows have ideas that aren't like descriptively sellable in the plainest terms so for example the new show with anna taylor joy about chess uh queen's gambit and how that took so long to uh, be sold as an idea because no one wanted to make a series about chess that's the kind of same attitude i had when i saw the synopsis of this show i was like I don't want to watch a courtroom drama. Like I've seen courtroom dramas and you know there are there, it has its moments but I don't want to watch a whole show that's just about him with clients and going into court and being the same guy that he was inside of of Breaking Bad and this this show is completely different from that. Like it has obviously moments where it really fleshes out him being a lawyer like it has some of the best montage sequences like ever done where some are literally him doing paperwork or photocopying and it's still like done in a theme similar to how Breaking Bad was that makes it kind of so visually I was gonna say exciting but pleasing as well and both of these shows have this exactly the same kind of emphasis that your patients will reap rewards and Although there are times in which, because of the nature of both of these shows, where you feel like it might be dragging, I don't think any shot or any scene in this is wasted. And I can't believe how they've gone about pulling off that twice and done it so successfully. Yeah, a big theme of uh, Belkasol, I guess, is this idea of um, process. Um, Mm. We see the intimate little details that go into a thing and... um, I was listening to like a video of the writers talking about how they kind of wrote an episode of um, Beckwistle. Um, and they were saying like, in the same way that they approached meth in uh, Breaking Bad. Um, I know spoilers, Breaking Bad's about drugs, who knew? Um, <laughs> but they said like in Breaking Bad, they wanted to, they, they learned, they learned very intimately the process of making meth and drug dealing and all that sort of stuff. So that not so they could recreate a step-by-step process in the show but so as an audience member you got a sense of I'm watching people know what they're doing and in Better Call Saul they similarly paid a lot mm. of attention to law and uh, legal methods and things lawyers would do um, things like money laundering whatever so and they don't give you the specific details of how to get away with these these scams and crimes but um there's an attention to detail in Better Saul that um, makes you feel involved, I guess, as a viewer. And again, this idea no, of process yeah, and a big, a big character theme uh, is this idea of, you know, Jimmy, he wants to be a good guy. He wants to be a good lawyer, um, but he's a better con man, right? Um, he's a much mm. better con man. And 
the lengths he will go to in order to get what he wants even though and sometimes you are watching it as an audience member and you're frustrated because you're like you could just screw your head on straight you could just yeah why won't you do it but i think i think in other shows that would frustrate me to the point where i wouldn't want to engage with it but i think about it's all because like i said earlier because we know we're watching a guy who can't quit we're watching a guy who is on this path that is predetermined Mm. um thematically it's more invigorating um at the end of like the first season there's this kind of final scene of uh jimmy kind of going off in the car and uh was it playing smoke on the water right and um yeah and it's kind of this moment of he he's he's saying like i guess the, the moment is trying to say i'm gonna do things my way and i remember watching that and thinking what are you doing you idiot no like you, this isn't the way <laughs> um and i remember f- feeling like frustrated about that but that's when it clicked to me for me like but we yeah, know we know definitely. where this is going to, and you know the title of the show is the title of the show itself is this kind of foreshadowing um element uh you know bet you know better Saul is on the horizon uh Saul goodman is round the corner any moment and when we get to like and it's only in the kind of fifth season where we where jimmy kind of switches identity and becomes Saul goodman um and i like yeah i like the patience and just little things like you watch you watch mike you know slowly putting nails into a hose pipe for a for a scheme uh for his little action plan and this idea of um we see the intimate little steps in the process and uh, and we see the the things that went into building uh, infrastructure that we see in uh, Breaking Bad. I'm trying to be yeah, as like, vague as possible without giving everything away. Um, I really appreciated that because like that's a good prequel thing to do, like expand sure. your universe in a meaningful way. Um, and I guess like part we we kind of touched on it earlier, like uh, with 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 Saul. Like, why would you choose him for? a for a spin-off because I like Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad but I'm not I'm not particularly I'm not interested in seeing his show in Breaking Bad you know what I mean yeah um, and that was something that like Bob Odenkirk said to the writers when they kind of pitched the idea of a spin-off to him he said that Bob Odenkirk who plays um, Jimmy um, he said like you've got to figure out a way to make this guy likeable because Saul Goodman isn't likeable yeah. Um, another secret about Michael Saul is that it's also the Mike Herman Trout show. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the the ways they develop and flesh out his character as well, because he was quite he was a very cool part of Breaking Bad, but he's a very one dimensional character. He's, yeah, he's very kind of um, secluded and uh, mm. reserved. And they expand on on that story and your knowledge of you know you know these people are one dimensional. So yeah. the kind of quest of the show is why are they like that. And let's figure out what makes them tick behind the scenes, and what has what led them to where they are. Where we meet them in Breaking Bad, and that's a that's how you should treat a prequel thing. You need to expand on your universe in a meaningful way, um, mm. instead of just for the sake of it. Mm. It's got to fe- It's got everything that you expand has to feel like necessary, because when you're watching a series, I do you know, I really do believe that every scene counts. I think people, especially when there's like a preconceived, when you're creating something like this, which is a prequel, it needs to feel earned and necessary. Um, and trying to do that whilst also creating your own story and not pandering too much to its you know, predecessor is an extremely hard thing to balance. And I, I love that you've obviously started to bring up characters because we should probably move on to, to how we felt about each individual character. Um, who was your favourite? It's hard because have, you have that attachment to... <laughs> it's not an easy question. <laughs> well, you have that attachment to Breaking Bad. And like I said, that they expand on Jimmy and, and Mike in very meaningful ways. And I guess also, you know, we are in spoilers zone. Like Gus shows up and we see... Hexer and these characters who have who are really important to the plot of Breaking Bad, and we see them, uh-huh. you know, and we get a better understanding of their kind of mythology, and that's something I kind of, we can talk about when we get to those characters. Um, those are favourite mm. characters, though. Um, oh, man, it had to be Chuck. <laughs> I really, yeah, um, yeah. You know, Jimmy's brother. Um, 
I, I can confidently say this with admitting that I have seen very few TV shows, <laughs> you know, so keep that in mind. But I think that the relationship between Chuck and Jimmy in the first three seasons of Better Call Saul mm. is one of the most clever, well-written, thought-out, um, performed <laughs> uh, character relationships that I've seen in anything. Mm. Um Chuck is a character who I love to hate. Um, and that's something that's really hard to do because sometimes you have characters who you hate and you just hate them. And then there's characters who mm. make your blood boil, but you're glad they're there because the drama is so good. Um, mm. And what they do with Chuck is definitely the latter, where he is a great parallel to Jimmy because he is also someone who can't not be who they are. Um, and again, yeah. like talking about how leaping off things from Breaking Bad that they just do 10 times better in Battle Call Saul. I think in Breaking Bad, uh, the characters are very well defined and they always behave in a way that you expect them to. Um, Not to the point where it's not surprising when twists and turns happen, but everything they do makes sense. And I think in Battle Call Saul and Chuck, I think is a great case study of this. Um, Even when it breaks your heart, and makes you hate him, he does exactly what you expect him to do. He, mm-hmm. And when we find out that he has this hate, kind of hate-love relationship with Jimmy, um, and that he's he's caused all these roadblocks in his life, but we also completely understand why he feels that way, because we understand Jimmy is on this path of destruction, and he can't not be slipping Jimmy. And Chuck will never not see him as Slipping Jimmy. And, you know, Chuck's fine with him being cornered in his in a way that he wants. But when Jimmy starts to break those parameters, that's when Chuck starts to lose his, lose his yeah. cool. Um, it, I, I found that whole dynamic just... That was the grip of the show for me for those yeah. first two seasons. And we are in the spoiler zone. His death... Um, oh, well, yeah. Was... That's... Because... In a series, you, you in a series you're able to set up and pay off things in a way you just can't do in films. And Chuck's death in season three, I think, um, it's amazing. In any other show, that would because I'm saying how much I love this character and how I think he's like integral to the show. But I was like, oh my god, like that's brilliant. Um, mm. I was very worried after it happened. It added to the show. It didn't take away. It doesn't detract it. It, it mm. adds to the show and you would kind of think oh is where do we go from here but his Definitely. presence is felt through the remaining seasons of Better Call Saul yeah. and arguably it's you know what kind of diverts us towards where the show seems to be going um, mm. and the character kind of knew that as well which was what was so incredible Yeah, uh, I didn't realise it at the time in which it happened I remember messaging you and you like I'm actually kind of worried about going forward and how the drama is going to settle but then you of course you realize that at some point in these seasons you know you have to start seeing that transition quite dramatically to um to to Saul yeah because the majority of this series is him being who he is before Saul Goodman was born and you literally see everything it's there's not one area that I wish they would have touched so far that hasn't been explored and that's madness you did say when i started watching this that i mean you started what it's funny because we obviously i started watching breaking bad before you yeah we kind of switched you started watching yeah you started watching this before i did so we we completely switched those parameters and you said to me that there was a relationship within this that was the best that you'd ever seen and I know that we don't like leaving kind of things like that for each other, but that's why I knew it was going to be something quite serious. Yeah. And there was some episodes that really kind of made me realise that you were talking about those two. Um, originally, I thought it was going to be, uh, obviously, the relationship between Saul and Kim. And the reason I felt that was because there is so much filmed here that doesn't have dialogue that ties their relationship together so well you have all the scenes where they'll be perhaps smoking in the basement together 
uh, or just spend time with or around each other. And it just speaks so much volume. I wanted to get into this later when I inevitably, of course, wanted to start talking about cinematography and how that it speaks its own values in comparison to, to Breaking uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, I, I, d- I definitely did think that um, that it was going to be between uh, that relationship between Saul and, and Kim because Kim's my favourite character. Well, I was going to say, they kind of, um, <clears throat> they almost trade places in a way for me. Yes. Um, they kind yeah. of their, the baton gets passed, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about newcomers to the ensemble and uh-huh. into this world. Um, Rosie Horn as Kim, um, I think, arguably has become the most interesting character in the show um, mm. because now she's she's kind of the central mystery of the show. I mean, her her yeah. placement in uh, this wider narrative that they're telling. Uh, in this Breaking Bad world, I guess. Um, she's the one piece where you don't know where she's going to end up. And the end of season five in particular um, is really playing on this idea that um, what's, what's going to happen yeah. to Kim? Because things don't tend to go very well in this world. Um, and we really like Kim. So <laughs> they're definitely playing on our expectations of what's going to happen. And I maybe at the end we can talk about where we think, because obviously the show hasn't mm. finished yet. They're currently filming the final season. Uh, so maybe at the end we can talk about where we think things are going. But um, yeah, I completely agree. Like Kim is a great addition to the show as well. You've also got uh, Nacho played by, oh God, what's his name? He's in, he's a guy from Far Cry 3. Um, oh, uh, oh shit. Um, <laughs> I want to name him because I think he's a particularly good um, addition to the cast as well. Nacho, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Mando. That's it. Yeah, Michael Mando. Michael Mando, He was yes. a surprising character for me because he's now been in it longer than like Chuck Ever was. Mm. Um, and feels like he's been in there for a lot shorter of a time. And I think probably a good thing because it, it means that it, his character still feels fresh i think i think he's an interesting character in the show because he nacho is the one of those typical characters who you're like yep you're not making it through <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yet somehow he has made it all the way through the show and and even just with him even though he's very much a secondary character i want to know what happens to him i want to know what happens mm. to him and in the same way that with with kim where it's always the characters who don't really deserve it are going to get something bad happen to them. And I, I think they're very, very much playing with your expectation because he, even in that final season where uh, there's this whole subplot about the cartel and uh, Nacho leads kind of a... Uh, he he kind of breaks their trust. He's, a, he's like a kind of double agent in the cartel. And... You know, and even in that final scene, we don't know what what's going to happen to him. We don't know where he's going to end up, <laughs> um, and it's all these questions that we want to know, but they're not going to give you the answer yet. They're, they're going to make you wait. And the same with Kim, where where is she? Is she does she make it? Does she leave Jimmy? Does she? What happens? Like um, they're very much toying with you as an audience member if you've been paying attention to this whole narrative. Um, who else is who else did he add into the cast with this? Uh, well, I say you've got uh, you've you've also got like the the standouts coming back. I mean, spoke about Mike earlier. We love Mike. We are, <laughs> uh, Mike is <laughs> such a great addition to this world. He was a really interesting character in Breaking Bad. Interestingly enough, um, a character they just added on a dime because uh, they had a scene in Breaking Bad where it was meant to be Saul who was going to help with the removing of a dead body hmm. um, but they couldn't get uh, Bob Odenkirk in on that day so they invented the character of Mike Ermintrout um, he was just called Mike the Plumber I think um, and now he's like a big pillar of this of this show in particular huge yeah. um, and he's, the emotion that he gave across in, in oh, his yeah. performance he's doing such a great job in, the, in some very particular episodes where we get to see the man underneath yeah. The kind of stoic, cold-hearted layer that is Mike. Um, like Jonathan Banks is the name of the actor, and we learn about Mike's past and his tragedy, and and also in that kind of 
answering some of the questions of why is he so good at why is this old man <laughs> so good at like <laughs> uh these kind of these espionage-esque <laughs> things how come he's able to you know track people down and do all this stuff and we learn that he used to be like a corrupt cop and uh, there's this whole storyline about his son and he's kind of responsible for his son's death and that's why he's taking care mm. of his grandchild uh, when we meet him in Breaking Bad um, as kind of trying to repay uh, for 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 his feeling of uh, for his f- feeling of being responsible for his son's death um, regardless of whether that costs him his soul uh, it's amazing yeah. it's amazing what they do with Mike yeah it's um I remember watching. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't really want to go into full spoilers uh, because yeah, I we'll want you guys to we'll try to keep it as, as tame as possible. possible. But, but I, there is a scene where you learn about the the history of the man that is Mike and how he gets to. I mean, you're learning about how he got to himself in Breaking Bad anyway, because by the time Breaking Bad comes along, he's such a stoic, unbreakable figure. It's impossible to kind of unravel what's underneath. And this show gives an opportunity for him to kind of almost take centre stage with um, Jimmy and see the the kind of cracks that are being kind of covered over slowly as the series go up, uh, goes forward. And it's it was surprisingly really touching um it was some of the hardest stuff to watch in the entire show was that exploration and you find that quite early in the show and uh and then appreciate the rest of his development so much more because of it uh and and that goes back to the discussion that this show just does feel very emotionally well balanced yeah Uh, everything feels so well deserved we've spoken about that a lot on this show so where would be the areas in which you'd say it builds on from breaking bad because obviously breaking bad is a show that's centered around drugs and 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 mm. a lot more kind of action and explosion and someone who's quite ordinary being dropped into a world that's very frightening and dangerous okay whereas this show is you know it has those moments you do feel like you're in exactly the same world yeah and that goes down to the way it's shot and, and yeah. the music and so forth but obviously this show has a lot more quiet moments and a lot more arguably reflective Mm -hmm. moments in its whole ensemble of cast members that you don't at least in my opinion I feel like you don't necessarily get too much of in in Breaking Bad if I had to um, yeah I I do think Battle Saul is so good that it almost does stand on its own but obviously it does lend a lot to Breaking Bad one of the things that it does build on is that I think a problem with Breaking Bad is that the show gets quite bombastic towards the end. Um, it gets very, it's very much like crazy shenanigans. Like, <laughs> Jesse, we're going to rob a train. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's just fun for sure. Um, but I think it's one of the most tense scenes and most emotionally impacting scenes. And the scenes that had me really sucked in as a viewer in Battle Cross All are quiet moments, are just scenes in a living room where we're just watching a character open up and be honest. Because Jimmy, I guess, is this character who can't, you know, his his relationship with telling the truth is uh, is complicated because he's, he's, you know, like I said, he wants to be a good a good man, but he's a better con man. So some, so one of the most tense, emotionally uh, investing scenes are ones where he's just being honest with Kim you know and there's a sense of weight to those moments that you don't I don't think I think in Breaking Bad you kind of lose a bit as it goes on um I guess that scene we cited earlier where we have Mike kind of breaking down and open up is another one in particular where I don't think Breaking Bad towards the end had that level of restraint um other things it builds on I guess world building is another one I think a something really impressive in Broken Bad is um, the way they use locations. Um, hmm. Because certain settings have, I suppose like any 
good written thing where you should have this but in regular bad in particular for me like when we're at a certain setting you have an expectation of what the scene's going to be or what we're up mm. to and themes we associate with um these locations and i think battle cross all uh does that in spades uh you have the uh hamlin hamlin mcgill uh offices and uh i saw like a great video essay talking about um, how they introduce that location in the show where Jimmy enters kind of through the back and he raises his way up through the building and when when we see it, it's this grand, massive um, place, law firm, uh, that he that he's like an Anton, and you know, when he's in that yeah. boardroom, how insignificant he seems. And whenever, so whenever we're there, um, we associate that feeling and these ideas with that location. And I guess the same could be said with um, places like the spa, where Jimmy, Jimmy lives, his back room, the cramped kind of feeling of that place. Um, and just kind of the way you feel about the location in general, it's set in uh, Albuquerque, um, and um, it's weird because I feel like I know that place yet I couldn't map it out for you but there's something about just the way it's constructed and the way they stitch scenes together and the way they present locations where I feel like I can just map it out in my brain it all makes sense for some reason you'll almost feel like you live there too yeah I feel like it's partly because you're invited into so many areas that 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 feel very kind of personal you really do see like every aspect of what you need to um and i think also it has something to do with the fact that you do pander on a lot of stuff that uh that a show wouldn't usually kind of show so for example you know you said earlier about the the scene in which mike is just sat in his home putting uh pin uh pins into the into the uh are they tires or something or, or setting it up for the, the to throw it out yeah, in front of the van like the hose yeah trap, yeah and he's just sat in his in his living room in in the dark in the night doing it and you just sit with him there's no dialogue there's no you know there's hardly any ambience you just sit with him and, and watch him contemplate and it's just like you go to all those areas that you wouldn't expect to be and therefore you feel like you kind of are amongst it all Speaks and it a goes a long more, way. Speaks a lot more about that character too. That those yeah. little intimate moments we get with them. Uh huh. Yeah, they always feel. Yeah, like we've like we've already said, it, it feels purposeful and it it feels appropriate that they've spent time showing it. And at the time, perhaps it might feel a bit strange. You know, why am I being shown this? I think a show like this that is so considerate with that aspect does make you sit back when you're watching it and think, mm. oh, you know. Why am I being shown this? What's the importance? Because it is a fun show too. So when it is being patient, it does... You could feel it's tonally inconsistent. Um, yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's a good balance of everything, really. Yeah. You have those moments that are so mad and, uh, and far-fetched from what you felt that it could have got to, given the, 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 the tone of it and... But then it also balances that out with the times in which you spend intimately on your own with characters. And although you have that in Breaking Bad, I think, like I said earlier, you do have more moments in that show that I think allows you to quite possibly appreciate the time that you spend with characters more in this show than you do in Breaking Bad. Because it's it's very much Walt's journey. Yeah, uh, but it feels like Kim's journey, and it feels like Mike's journey, yeah, and it feels like Nacho's journey. Everyone feels like a yeah. Everyone feels like a piece of the greater narrative. Where yeah, mm. as yeah, we're Breaking Bad. It is very much it's about Walt, and everyone else is kind of in in his path of reckoning. I guess yeah, how they are affected by that. Yeah, yeah by his actions and decisions. Whereas in Better Saul, I feel like the dynamics between characters are so much more uh, just disinteresting to be honest and, and that's, that's not yeah. me saying like Breaking Bad isn't works in its own way I think it definitely does but um, I think why I kind of cite Beckwith Saul as being better um, is that it's able to it's able to dance a bit more with the characters and mm. 
And even and again, like like I said at the very start of this episode, like even though we know where it's all going ultimately, and they even have they even open uh, each season with a flash forward to post Breaking Bad, um, so we know where it's going even more so than we did before. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, a very interesting <laughs> aspect of the show, and yet it's still uh, very, very, very. Um, disencapsulating and and it is mm. fun too like that that was something i wanted to mention about before like the comedic sensibilities of the show is very is are very good i mean you've got bob Odenkirk, who is a great comedic performer um so obviously they use those chops too and uh and some of the schemes they do and uh i think our <laughs> one of our favorite <laughs> group of characters is his little yeah. film crew um <laughs> Any they scene. really came into their into their own. <laughs> any with, scene with those characters, I'm just so happy. <laughs> I love any minute we spend so with great. with uh, with Jimmy out 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 doing a doing a scheme scheming. Yeah, yeah, feels so great. Mm. And even characters like Howard, for example, yeah, who runs the um, the law firm that they're all hired by uh, and have some connection with. He's the centre of a lot of um, kind of conflict that I never would have guessed. Um, and I hate him, you know, the same way that uh, Jimmy and, and Kim and everyone involved with him doesn't really like him. And uh, even side characters just have so much. Like, I care about them so much because of how all of their lives are affected by being in each other's lives. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you just know that they're in other people's lives a bit too much. Like when Howard's a bit poking around too much with Jimmy or um, Kim is poking around too much with uh, Jimmy's relationship to, to Nacho and uh, and where Chuck and Gus are scheming together and you know it's probably not going to go down well. And mm. it never, there's never a moment where I felt bored or... <sighs> Is it? It's hard to do an episode on on a show like this because I, I've come out of it, and I'm 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 really begging for it not to be over. Obviously, there's one season left. Yeah, and and it's filming as we're recording this episode. Yep. I very much appreciate the fact that we were able to jump on this, and audience, you can as well. There's so much time before that series even even comes out, so mm, true. you could certainly jump on the. Uh, both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul train to kind of catch up with this and yeah it's been nice to be part of to feel part of it while it's while it's out and happening uh, for sure because one of the depressing things about uh, like I said I've been kind of going through like the golden age of TV show by show and uh, you know watching stuff and one of the depressing depressing parts about it is that like uh, I wasn't here for this like this is all past yeah. me but obviously we've still got one more season left mm. um, I'm incredibly excited to see where it goes uh i think there's a lot of expectation on the writers right now <laughs> um, yeah. i wouldn't want that job right now because i think especially after because a lot of people kind of cite breaking bad as a perfect ending um i'm very curious as to where they're gonna go with this final season especially Christ. considering where they've set up in that in the last uh season so I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I think we're definitely going to have to perhaps think very carefully about how we, we go about documenting our experience when that comes out. I'd love to do a, something in which you guys will be able to follow our process of watching that final season because it is clearly inevitably yeah, a show. We're doing an episode when it's all out. Um, mm. it's, it's evidently a show that we really care about and, and, and share very strong opinions that are very similar about this show and it does feel so nice to be a part of it and a part of this world kind of coming to an end I think because I'm not sure that they want to kind of expand Breaking Bad's world further than Better Call Saul and you know I was wrong in the past about that being a bad uh, bad thing and mm. you know they they might do it but it feels like it's definitely coming to a to a very satisfying hopefully uh yeah earned ending I think stick stick the landing is the phrase that people use and I just hope they yeah. I hope they stick the landing and, and I would say I would hope uh, th- 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 we can close the book on this thing now because I think they've the fact that they've struck lightning twice <laughs> is very impressive uh, yeah 
uh, and there's I don't think there's any need to to keep it going more than it has to and I like shows um, I like a show that knows how it's going to end um, you know back in the day TV shows were made you would pitch a TV show um, to go on for as long as you wanted it to that's how people used to pitch ideas for shows mm. um, as things that you could technically you know that has a formula that you can just repeat and uh, repeat and rinse yeah. for as long as you want it to um, and I think you shouldn't make a show like that I think uh, the best I mean my, my personal favourite TV shows are ones in which the creators knew and had a very specific plan of how it was going to end or at least the general direction it was going to go or series length they were going to do um, cause yeah, there's cause nothing nothing sucks worse than uh watching a show that <laughs> that goes off the rails. I, I did mention like Game of Thrones earlier, and uh, I haven't even finished the last two seasons because I just heard about like the negative kind of fan response, and I just kind of thought I like the show so much I don't want to see it go off the rails. You know, there's something <laughs> about like if a movie kind of lets you down a bit, like a sequel or something, it's like okay, well. Yeah, still have the first one. Whatever, it's only like a short run time, but I, and I <laughs> think this was part of why I was skeptical into getting into TV shows in the first place because because there is more investment in your time. It's like I don't really want to invest several hours into this show for it just to go mm. off the rails. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very nervous, very on edge about Petal Crystal's ending, but I. I trust uh, Vince Gilligan and um, yeah. uh, Peter Gold. Uh, I trust them implicitly that they will do something good. I I hope. Well, I I know it will be fine. I'm not worried about it at all. But um, uh, I guess that's the that's the beauty of of this world that they've made. Um, it's uh, we don't need to do any more. I mean, they did do that weird. <laughs> they did um that weird like Breaking Bad sequel film with Jesse Wright and. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Mm. Um, oh, well, I've actually seen that. Oh, have you? Okay. Um, Al Camino, right? Yeah. Al Camino was why I was cautious about um, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Because I was very, I was very worried that they weren't going to like stick the land in with expanding on that because I felt like Jesse's ending in Breaking Bad was satisfying enough. And I felt that they were perhaps pandering a bit too much to what we wanted, where yeah. they've been so good at crafting what we want instead of um, pandering to it. And Al Camino was... I could have lived without it. I didn't yeah. need it. Yeah. Um, it's very... In my opinion, it's good. Like I think you should definitely watch it, Alex, but like it didn't blow me away. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just on. I don't. I didn't need it. Like, yeah. I really didn't need it to be satisfied with that character's ending. Yeah. And I was like, do I really need a whole show that's dedicated to a character that gave me a lot of laughs in in Breaking Bad that I really liked in Breaking Bad? But do I have to watch his whole like him building his law degree through six seasons? Like, you know, that was my mindset. And Jesus Christ, was I wrong? Uh, I, I do. Yeah. I solidly agree that I actually prefer this emotionally to to Breaking Bad. Like when I think of Beckle Saul ending, it hurts more than it hurt knowing that Breaking Bad was gonna end. Yeah. I don't want to leave these characters. I don't want to I don't want to know what the world is like w- without them post this. And I don't want to know I kind of don't want there to be another season because I don't want to know like what happens to Kim and you know what happens to all the other characters. Uh, it's tough. It's really tough. But I'm incredibly excited at the same time and cannot wait and counting down the days. So I'm really, really excited for that. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And that's, and that's the other... I think that's the other exciting thing about it. Is I truly do I not a, know. I haven't got a clue. I've I've seen some interesting ideas about what they think, what people think is going to happen. I hope. I what I will say. I hope it's a bit more interesting than Kim leaves him 
or something. I think what they set up um, is almost an inverse of their relationship, uh, where it seems like Kim is kind of <laughs> being drawn to the dark side, I guess. Um, and I want them to play with that more. Um, and if they... Because it would appear that they're, they are separate in Breaking Bad. They are no longer mm. in together. Um, so I hope they have fun with it in an interesting way. I think if, uh, like I said, they've they've done such an interesting do- job with Subversion so far in terms of yeah. the way they string you along. Um, I would probably be more disappointed if it was quite what you expect if <laughs> she dies. Or I'm sure it would be impactful and emotional if that was the route they go. Um, but I, I would like to see something a bit more uh, creative and interesting uh, with what they do. For sure. I mean, it's. I, I kind of like that I have absolutely no idea where it's going. And I think it, it speaks a lot to the the writing capabilities of a show where it gives you so many things, yet you don't know where it's going to go. It gives you all the puzzle pieces and you have no idea where it's going to go. It's very rare nowadays to find a show this good. And I do strongly suggest that you guys uh, give it a watch so far because I know that by the time the new season comes out, it's going to be everywhere. Uh, and it will be definitely worth your time to go along with this ride and, and see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> I think yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. I, I, I mean, I, I could have gone on a whole tangent about the cinematography, but I wrote a lot of my notes pretty much are on that. Um, things yeah, I like did, how... I did want to talk about the visual. I mean, we've, we're at a, well, an hour right now. Um, Stick around, guys. We'll t- we'll talk a little bit more about the style. I mean, it's a very juicy part of the show. Yeah, go on. Yeah, we can do another like half hour. Fuck it. It's a long one. Well, I feel like you just learn so much from the visual language of this film. Um, there are so many moments in which every shot is just so perfectly used. And it's one of those shows very similar to Mr. Robot, in which I felt that they used kind of obscure angles and wide shots to a point that was so well um, considered and it's very rare that that you see that Uh, you know a lot of shows fall into this bucket of kind of accepting that there's going to be a lot of dialogue within it and therefore the classic you know over shoulder two shot of a conversation is very common and it's so refreshing to to see a show that not only excels in cinematography but also puts its stamp in the books as an example of really effective cinematography. Alex has spoke to me a lot in the past of Mr. Robot and I've watched the first season of it and I do agree that uh, it, it is incredible. It's the best, this, it's the best show ever made. <laughs> we'll certainly get onto that if you guys want us to. I'll have to catch up. We'll have to do another one. Mm. Um it was one of those things I wanted to mention on um, things they expand from Breaking Bad that uh, I think they do a lot better in Broken in, uh, in Breaking Soul El Camino um, <laughs> in Berkel Soul. Yeah, there's they take kind of the color palette, um, this kind of oversaturated look that they kind of developed in Breaking Bad, um, and that's in this. But obviously, like the fidelity is a lot nicer because we're, we're with kind of modern cameras. Um, I love the way they. They almost use wides instead of a lot of places where other people would use close-ups um, yeah. to kind of communicate things. And I spoke about in the way they use locations, um, the the framing and the blocking they use is very dynamic um, and it communicates something about the characters always. It's always something about the moment or what the character's feeling in that moment. Um, it's a hard style to describe in just words without showing you i mean i guess Mm. this is kind of the (laughs) hard part about a podcast but yeah the (laughs) the visual look of medical sword is very strong they've they've developed this aesthetic that maybe isn't the most original thing in the world but um suits the show so well um the tone of it is very much like 
a hybrid of all these things that we were talking about earlier comedy court drama thriller crime it's it's got it's kind of got this like i don't know how to describe it it's it's, more, it's like a it kind of reminds me of like i don't know like gta or something or something like that you know what i mean like the kind of not afraid to be kind of like colorful and vibrant um yeah but also can be very dark and edgy uh when it wants to be well a lot of it speaks uh, i've spoken so much about obviously the cinematography telling its own story without actual context so i will add some context to it but for example i remember there was a scene in a diner where he was trying to convince the these two individuals so you know i won't name names whatever but these two individuals to for, for, for him to be his their lawyer basically and i remember it starting off quite strong the, the dialogue was like you know they're on his side and slowly as like he started to realise that they weren't so convinced that he'd be the right fit. They started going wider and wider before they had like a whole wide of the uh, of the whole store and, and it pulled Jimmy so far away from them that it added that emphasis that he was kind of losing them. Uh, things like that. And also there's like a huge thing with Breaking Bad and... Beckel saw that montage sequences are probably some of the best that are in TV. It reminds me a lot of kind of like Edgar Wright's psychology behind making the mundane interesting. And you see that in a lot of his movies like Hot Fuzz. But in here you see it paired with a lot of other things like the right choice of music and the right choice of ambience and an action in terms of what they're doing and and when to use it and when not to. And it just adds such a strong feeling to the show that is so separate from anything that I've kind of really seen in in any other show. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, sorry, I was muted. Um, no, no, I that's ever happened before. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking, I wasn't talking. Um, oh, good. I was, like, drinking and burping and shit, so I muted my mic. Um, ah, lovely stuff. We can cut this out. Uh, <clears throat> no. I <laughs> yeah um the visual storytelling is very clever in in that uh i mean this is where my knowledge and ability to use words um gets lost so big time i i agree good it's good <laughs> it's very good it's I, good. I wish i could go into kind of more description but i'd literally be sat with you guys for another hour so you know uh go see it for yourself i would say you know, there's a, there's a journey that this show takes you on that's very unique and you'll find yourself falling in love with things that you didn't think you were going to and perhaps hating things that you, you didn't think you were going to as well. Uh, and of course, our Discord is, is still open, as you know, for uh, discussion on these certain topics. Yep. We've already kind of reached out to a lot of you who have who have reached out to us in in discussing the show and me and Alex have been incredibly excited about the seeing that kind of be built. Um, it, it, it's very strange that our idea for a show is, is kind of actually got some people behind it that, that really enjoy it. So thank you so much for tuning into like something that's, you know, worth like an hour's worth of your time. Um, Cause it means a lot that, you know, you guys are listening in and that we can continue doing it. Okay, guys. Yeah, that was Berkel Soul. Uh, yeah, we'll do a final episode when it's all out and done. Um, yeah, join the Discord. Let us know what you thought. Um, if you've seen the show, if you've seen Breaking Bad, um, if you want to call me uh, nasty names. Uh, actually, no, don't do that, please. I'm very secure. Um, <laughs> as <laughs> always, uh, I'm pulling up the notes so I remember the ads. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Final Draft Show and Instagram at Final Draft Pod. <laughs> Nailed it, mate. You can email us at finaldraftpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Love it. We're on Facebook too, I think. Uh, if you search Final Draft on Facebook, you should be able to find us. Um, follow the show to keep up to date. Um, join the Discord. And if you like the show and you want to consider supporting it, please donate to the Patreon. Uh, I have some ideas for bonus content that we're going to talk about off mic. Um, I mm. think we're going to do some stuff for you guys on the Patreon. Um, because, you know... You deserve it. You deserve it. Good job. Good job, guys. Um, Thanks, guys. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, can you leave me a five-star review? Please, thank you. Um, <laughs> what's the next one? Uh, so the next episode will be our double feature... 
of oh, yes. Paddington oh, yes. and <laughs> <laughs> of Paddington and the Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Yes. Yeah. So again, you're going to have a very interesting episode to look forward to. Um, and we've got a whole schedule, believe it or not, ahead of us for the next two months, basically. I know. Um, give or take. So we're we're incredibly excited. The only ones that we don't really have in the diary are the ones that we recommend to each other at the end of Double Features. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any suggestions for film, again, please get in contact with us. Yep. Let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, and I can spend more time before I go to sleep at night awake thinking about those things and... And, and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> See you next time. Take care, everyone.